0: Jesus, Lord, we just thank you that we have the opportunity to come and worship you. And Lord, as we begin to just surrender our hearts, forget about ourselves and worship you, The wonderful part about it is you make us your priority to minister. Lord, we just thank you so much that you love your people, you love your church so much. that you would continue to give and give and give and give of yourself so that we understand the revelation of who you are, the God who gives of himself. Lord, that we could learn to be more like you, that our soul could be so in tune with you that we learn to just surrender all unto you. And that's where the greatest victory is that we begin to surrender to you everything of ourselves, Lord, that you begin to raise us up, to build us up, to make us into what you've called us to be. We thank you, Lord, we can come and worship you with all our hearts. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I believe in worship there's a time when we can just realign everything. We can get so out of alignment, so out of whack just living in this world, but when we come into the house of God and begin to worship him, it's just like he begins to line things up and we begin to see what the important things are, the priorities are, and, and It's just an amazing time when we get into worship. It's a supernatural time. Now, Caleb began to see something in worship this morning. And if we get a hold of this revelation and we come into the house of God, yielded and prepared to just worship him, we're going to find a supernatural release that's going to teach us how to live in the victory that Jesus has provided for us through his sacrifice on the cross. We have been given the victory. He fought the greatest battle. He won the battle and he's given us the opportunity to walk in victory over every circumstance that the enemy could bring against us. We are not a defeated people. And we're going to begin to see the church... The church is coming into her own. There's been a lot of preparation going on, but the church is coming into her own, and you're going to be so glad you're in the house of God. Caleb, would you like to just share what you saw this morning? And uh, I saw something also, but I'll, I want to share it maybe after what Caleb's saying. And anything else?
1: Yeah, I um just came really quick. I saw like the ground just crumbling and shaking like a really big not like a it's sort of like an earthquake but everything was just moving and shaking and and um I asked why? <laughs> why is that happening? And he reminded me he just brought the um the scriptures about Paul when he was in the prison directly to mine. It was instant and uh he said I'm I'm shaking the foundations and breaking the prison doors open, and I felt in that um, that he was saying what I want to do this morning is I want to set people free there's some there's some uh, people have have been contained there's been uh, been made captive in in some probably lots of areas, but here. He's shaking the foundations, and for as Jeff was saying, for those who are willing to step into that, onto that, in, in put their put their life, their their this moment, their time, just in His hands, He's going to shake what is holding you. <laughs> it's going to break, break wide open. And I just felt that um, if you. This word come that if, if you feel like you've been in prison, that there's something that is, uh, is containing you, that you are feeling like you're a captive, in, whether it's in your, your mind, your emotions, in something real, in, in our, in our um, environment, in our physical world, in a situation, that, that God will work in that prison. And he will not only free you, that was a, one of my favorite parts of that, 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 uh, that story that, that Paul experienced, that he was, he was in prison, but God did his work in that prison. God will do his work wherever you are, for whoever is open for him to work. And he not only freed Paul, but he freed everyone else as well. <laughs> he destroyed that prison. <laughs> Something tries to put you in prison, and, and he will destroy that prison. <laughs> Nothing's greater than him. Come on.
0: Thank you, Karen. See, the the key, although they were in prison, the key to the release was praise and worship. I was feeling really depressed. I've been locked up. This isn't fair. Poor me, poor Paul. Now, Silas could have been thinking that uh, I made a wrong decision here. Chose the wrong person. But God brought a revelation of worship that not only released Paul and Silas from the bondage, but everybody else in the place. Got a revelation also. What a great platform to preach, huh? But it was in worship. While we're in worship this morning, I, I, I saw something that, that made me recognize how much God is the lover of our soul. We were just singing about it before. Lover of my soul, lover of my soul. While we're in worship, I, I felt that the Spirit was in a place of, of communion with God, of worshipping with God, worshipping God, worshipping And that's what the Spirit's longing to do come back into that place of worship with God, worship with God. So we present ourselves, become a worship. But then I saw the soul separate to the Spirit, and the soul was represented by a pot. And this pot was by itself, but there was a hand that began to polish the pot. There was a hand with a cloth and it was polishing the pot. While the spirit was in worship, the soul, the pot, was getting polished. The pot, the soul, the lover of our soul, he's beginning to cause us to shine. He's going to polish us. As we begin to worship him, he's going to cause us to shine. And it was a golden pot. I didn't realise until he started to polish it with a cloth that the gold began to shine. God wants the brightness of his church, the gold that he's preparing to begin to shine and it's going to come through the people who understand as we worship him, he's going to make us shine the glory of God. And then the pot was full of fire. And you think about that now. You meditate on it. God's getting you ready to be a vessel that's going to shine the glory of God and the fire of God is going to be in that vessel and it's going to be a holy vessel under him, shining the glory of God. And the access point is worship. And as we begin to understand and begin to commit our hearts to being a a 24-7 worshipper, a worshiper every day. When we all come together to worship God, well, there's gonna be such a release in the house. It's gonna set others free in the house. Father, we just thank you for the revelation of worship that's coming into the house. Lord, that your spirit of worship will begin to move upon the hearts of your people to cause them to come in that place of groundbreaking worship before you. As we begin to place you in the place of honor that you truly deserve, that our hearts will begin to release that that song of glory and praise that's going to cause such a shaking in this city. And we thank you, Lord, that you're working by your spirit right now, releasing something into this house that's going to cause a ripple effect. God's looking, the Father's looking for those who worship in spirit and in truth. And we'll come into a revelation of the truth in a greater measure when we prioritise worship. Just start off, thank you Lord, every day. And let that spirit of worship begin to rise in your heart. And you're going to find God's going to start to polish the soul realm. And you'll realise how much he is the lover of your soul.
2: Glory to God! That was a good offering teaching by Jeffrey. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God! Now, last week was a very important week in uh, in the city of Bendigo, and I'm quite sure that not all the all of God's people are aware of it although all the churches were aware of it um, last week there was a fire camp in in Bendigo it was out at Axdale at the Rotary um, camp out at Axdale and the fire camp as it was called is Christ for all nations um, if you've heard of Reinhard Bonnke and his ministry that was his um, his ministry and it's been taken up by by others and continues. So, um, there was an evangelism training camp out at Axtar. Um, 75 students coming from in Bendigo, surroundings and far afield. And uh, it was um, pretty special. Very, very special. Because uh, I believe it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's an initial as I was describing it um, to, to some people earlier it is, a, it is an initial step it is like the prime of a pump when you prime a pump it only takes a very little amount of water to get that pump primed and then it's ready to go and then the pump can just pump volumes of water. It's like a, a match. It only takes a match to start a fire, but how big a fire can be started from a single match? And, you know, there'll be people that have been to this camp and they'll go back into their, into their fellowships and, and um, into their communities. And there's going to be one of two responses. It's going to be like a wet blanket who knows that there can be wet blankets in the Christian world? Okay, you're fired up and I'm just going to throw a wet blanket over that. It's a religious spirit that wants everything just to stay as is. Don't rock the boat, don't upset us. We've got our nice little community and, and hallelujah. So it can be a wet blanket or you can actually get something that the people who went to that camp got and you'll hear it in a minute (laughs) and you can get on fire yourself that's your two choices your choice i know which one is the better one just before and i'm going to ask the people who went on the camp to come up here in a a little bit but i just want to i just want to put a couple of thoughts out there before they do I'm going to read from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and 12. And this is a scripture that we, we know very well, and it's something that is taught, and uh, it's what we believe. He gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. <laughs> Jesus Christ... When he went, he left gifts. He gave gifts to men. Those gifts were apostolic gifts or the, or the apostolic ministry, the, the ministry of the fivefold, that were to establish to equip the church for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. That word equipping" is used in the New King James Bible. <laughs> The King James Bible uses the word perfecting, perfecting of the saints. And I don't know whether the, um, the, the, the translators of the New King James thought, well, oh, that's a little bit out there, we'll just put equipping. But when you look at that word in the Greek, that word equipping means complete furnishing or perfecting. That's what it actually means. So I'm going to use that word. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of ministry. Now that word ministry means attendance as a servant. It means to aid. It means service. And it also has that thought of of an office. An office. So, for example, there is the office of a prophet that is given by God, the office of the prophet is given by God, it's a gift given by God and it's an office that people stand in and minister in, however Paul writes in 1 Corinthians four one that we are to pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy, so it's available to all who press in and want that, that, um, that, that, from God, that um, ministry, ministry, yeah, that um, ability, that gift from God, to speak what the Spirit is saying, to to relay that. That doesn't mean if you can prophesy that you are a prophet because that's an office. But can you understand that the 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 office of the prophet? What's the prophet's job? To bring people into that ministry or into that. Um, that gifting of prophecy so that the body of Christ would prophesy you're not, not, not just, you're not waiting for the prophet to come and give you a word the prophet has ministered he has taught, he has equipped and you've got the body of Christ giving words of encouragement, words of faith to others You know, Paul speaks to um, Timothy. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, this is verse 2 and verse 5. Paul says to Timothy, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. So not just when it's convenient, <laughs> just when it's available in front of you. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. And verse 5. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. So there's an office of the evangelist that's given by God. But we're all called to witness. We're all called to evangelize. Yeah? Yes. So back to that verse for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry for the edifying that means building up of the body of Christ we need to be building each other up we need to be building each other up and that fivefold ministry that's pivotal that's that is God's design it is God's design the church is built on the on the ministry of the apostle and prophet They are foundational ministries. Now, you think of a natural building, a foundation. Where's the foundation? Can you see it? Can you see the foundation in this building? That's no. Why not? Well, we're standing on it. What can you see? You can see the building that's built on that foundation. So, God is going to build his church. He is building his church. And the Bible says that there's going to be quick work in the last days. So hold on to your hats because things are going to happen quickly. You know, sometimes we look at what's gone be- before and, 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 you know, and we think, oh, yeah, it's a slow process. And, and we look ahead and we think, oh, it's probably going to be a slow process. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible does not say it's going to be a slow process, it says it's going to be a quick work. Yeah. yeah. So there are a number of, of, of um, like minded um, churches that you know the the i don't know how far back to go but um the the christ for all nations ministry had a had a fire camp in in sydney um this was last year and they had you know quite a number of participants and and that was uh fantastic and after the finish of the of the camp, they, they got together and they prayed and they said, "Lord, direct us, show us where the next camp, <coughs> where the next camp should be." Now they've been in Sydney, okay? Um, where should the next camp be? And they got Bendigo. You think why Bendigo? Why Bendigo? But they, the Spirit of the Lord gave them Bendigo. That's where they're directed to be. So the um the the gentleman um, who who was driving that, I suppose, um, he, con- he had a contact in Bendigo and he asked for 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 those churches to get the message out for those churches who who would like to be part of that to or, or or want to talk about that to, to come together and, and there were a number of 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 um, you know communities number of churches and from that um, things started to move fairly quickly and and um, campsite was was um, was chosen and um, they asked for who well you know you've got to run this thing so um, if we got any volunteers and I put that out to uh, a couple of members of our church, and um, we had uh, one one person put their hand up straight away and said, "Yeah, I'll, I'll do the I'll do the cooking." And that was Mal. Now she's got she's got the ability, she's got the skills, she's got background in that, so that was wonderful. Um, you can share about the food handling and all that sort of thing. <laughs> but um, so oh, I'm, I'm not going to rattle on. Um, I'm going to have um, these people. So if you went to the fire camp, either as a student or as a help, um, can, you, can you just come out? I went to the bad camp. <laughs> bad camp, yeah, no, 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 no. So we've got... We've got, we've got our... our, our come, can you come over? Yeah, yeah. Can we have... Um, Rhoda and Catherine, can you come over here? Okay, so these people... Um, and there was another couple of ladies in the in the kitchen, but these people fed 100 people for eight days um, through the camp. I think that's... and we have our students um there now there were 75 students so we have three students here and and a helper uh, honoree honoree yeah she was there for the week um who got something who got such input into their lives from um, um evangelistic ministry they sat under that ministry they ministered in uh, in town on Tuesday and thursday um, and they've got some stuff to to uh, to to use it's been inputted it's been poured into them and uh and anyway i'm we can we have a couple of microphones and um this is um this is not scripted so Mel's going to go first and I'm I'm just going to...
3: Cool. So, um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the practical stuff that happened behind the scenes. Because without the practical stuff, the spiritual stuff would have never happened. So, um, 18 months ago, Tim and Coral and I were standing upstairs and we were talking about youth ministry in our school and what we're doing in our school space. And we all stood there and agreed that if um, we are going to continue in that space doing what we want, that we all needed to go and get food handling certificates. Now, at the time, that was kind of just a, a, a quick conversation that we had that seemed like, whatever, great idea, let's do that. But then in that process, a whole bunch of people in our church, we put it out to the church and a whole bunch of people put their hands up and said, yeah, that's something I could do. We'll come and do that. We had no idea that this camp was on the radar. No idea. Andrew called and spoke to the pastors and said, who can help? And I, um, Tim got me at a weak moment. (laughs) I said, well, I'll cook. Here's the deal. At the time, we were talking about 50 people max. Oh, yeah, 50. Walk in the park. We'll cook. The numbers changed a lot most nights Um, we had 100, but then all the local pastors were coming out, bringing their families. So it was like 120 most nights, let's be real. Um, But we couldn't have done that if we hadn't first heard the whisper of you should do the food handling certificates, right? Because the first comment that I was asked from his leadership team was, do you people have food handling certificates? Oh yeah, of course we do. (laughs) Pre-planned that. So so that was the beginnings of it. As we started to do the practical things, people just started to volunteer and put aside the week and say, like I had, these guys literally walked up to me and said, I've just marked it out on my diary, just let me know when you need me. Amazing. Um, And then we had some crazy provision. So... Um, I sat down over the holidays and I started to work out roughly how much food I would need. And, um, and I worked out a budget. We were working with a budget of $15,000 to feed people. So, it's a lot of money, but there's a lot of food, right? Um, and realistically, 15 grand for that many, many people for a week is really not a lot. And, um, and so, we put orders in and the bills came... And then we put some orders in and the bills never came. And I rang people and said, send me that bill. And they said, nah, that bill's on us. So our entire fruit and veg bill and our entire milk bill for the whole week was covered by Bendigo Fresh. If you don't buy your food from them, feel free to. (laughs) Um, Exceptional. We're talking thousands of dollars, yeah, um, that was just gifted because they get the heart and they know what was going on. Um, Bendigo Cool Rooms sent call cool Rooms to us and refused to send me a bill. We had the call cool Rooms for a week. There's another couple of grand. Our budget, when we've sat down and crunched all of the numbers, we fed people, I still don't know how, <laughs> we fed them and caffeinated them for eight days um, for $8,000. So, and, and we're talking excessive amounts of food, no one starved and we're talking ridiculous amounts of coffee. We went through 12 kilos of coffee beans and there was a queue from here to the sound desk every morning at 7am and it got to the point where during the day I would try and make myself a sneaky coffee and I'd use the grinder... And people in the, in the lounge room would go, the machine's on. And then there would be a queue that would form. So that's the, like, that's the practicalities. These guys, I have never worked with a better team in a kitchen before. We have not done it together before. Sure, we've done church dinner. Let me tell you, church dinner is a walk in the park. <laughs> These guys were up at 7 o'clock in the morning There was nights we didn't go to bed before midnight because we were prepping food for the following day or we were chasing orders. Um, Just one quick story that just jumped out and I told Tim yesterday and this kind of sums up my week. Nothing was ever too hard and there was some hard stuff, right? Let's face it, there's, there's a reality around how much physical energy someone has, the jobs that we're asking people to do, a um, hundred people, that's a lot of dishes, yeah? It's not just food, that's a lot of dishes. And so I ne- no, none of our team ever said to me, I'm done, that's it, do it yourself, I can't do that. On the last day we had an incident where um, I was helping a young man who was having some medical issues and I was taken out of the kitchen and we're in the chaos of trying to pack down from eight days of of stuff and there's things everywhere and I walked up to Rhoda and I said Rhoda I know we haven't talked about this but I really need you to do a trip to the airport for me we need to get this guy on a flight and we need to get them home and Rhoda goes of course Mel no problems I'll get my keys I'll just get where, where am I going am I going now going now Rhoda okay I'm getting my stuff so no heads up I realised in that communication, I hadn't said Bendigo Airport, right? Now, Bendigo Airport, you could see Rhoda would have gone, oh, it's just a Bendigo Airport. She thought she was going to tell a Marine. (laughs) And there was no question. It was like, I'll get my keys and my bag. And it wasn't until she made the comment something like, now six hours, will I be back to help you pack up the rest of the stuff? (laughs) And I'm thinking, six hours? You go on Epsom, (laughs) (laughs) But that um, was the attitude of the entire team while we were there. And um, we couldn't have seen what these guys will tell you about without that happening and the heart of service Tim talked about um, happening behind the scenes without people realising it. On the most part, these guys didn't get to worship. Well, we did in the kitchen. (laughs) from a distance they didn't you know they didn't get to sit in sessions i believe by faith they received what what was released at camp but you know they worked for eight days straight and never complained they're just sensational um we we ended
4: up um calling ourselves the dream team Um, because it was such a pleasure and you know um, sometimes when um, you know you can say well this is a big job it's a big job big job yes but the reality is that God has called us all to serve that that's what he did at the camp the leaders washed the feet of all the Mm -hmm. campers you know that's Jesus' example of serving so when you're actually serving and doing something with a bunch of people that you really enjoy their company and they're quite hilarious, um, that's not hard work because you're graced to do it. So people think, oh, yeah, big job, big job. Well, yes, it was, but there was a joy in it. It was fun because these people are fun. (laughs) And we were with people we knew really well and, yeah, it was just an absolute joy. So I encourage anyone, if you've got opportunity (laughs) to serve, serve. Because the blessing comes back to you and it's an absolute joy to do that.
5: Um, Well, actually, those two people I took to the airport were such a blessing to me. Um, They were talking about a person that she got saved on the street um, who used to come to this church, but we're thinking it to the school. He used to come to this school, about a 21-year-old. Um, and she's saying keep an eye out for him because he may be back into this church Mm. so that was such a blessing to me Um, but also in while we were at the camp um, Sarah's house got broken into Mm. and um, so she was all flustered and needed to go home now Um, so Andrew said to her look Can we just pray for you before you go home? So I was taking her home because I was travelling backwards and forwards each day. And she stood up there thinking that she was going to get prayed for, for the situation that had happened at her house. And she found that Andrew gets up and says, now, she's here to serve you guys. Now, we want to bless her. All this money came flooding in. People were running out to their dorms to get them money. Andrew's saying, have you got a bank account? Can we give money into that bank account? She, Mel got a container. This takeaway container was full of all this cash. And she was just overwhelmed with what had happened. She gets home. Her boys were just overwhelmed that their um was it playstation or and it was they saved two years for their christmas present so they didn't get a christmas present last year they saved two years to get this playstation and someone had broken in and stolen their christmas presents um some special knives and some other things little things but they're saying well that's just you know material things that doesn't matter and um So she said her boys were just crying virtually while they're counting this money, overwhelmed by these people who they don't know, which are, bless them, and it covered, I think it covered everything, everything. It covered absolutely everything that they... Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And then two days later... Her daughter, who I think was slowly starting to go out into the world, starting to move away from church, sent her a text message to say, Mum, I think I need to get to church more now. So
6: that was just so good. I wasn't wasn't actually there the first few days, but uh, walking on... Uh, the Monday to help out, and you could just see this was a, a well oiled machine. everybody was in to do whatever they could uh, so even though we didn't seem we didn't have our individual instructions, Mel would sort of suggest and everybody was in to do what they could um, the The atmosphere was amazing Uh, you had regular breaking out of song in the (laughs) in the dishwashing room I don't like doing dishes but it did seem like a great space (laughs) with uh, the singing in there Um, when we went out to eat um, we ate out in the dining room and with all the other people there in that space you could just feel the spirit uh, there were times where I'd start to shake and I could feel uh, just what was happening in that space. Uh, so it was just wonderful, you know, when you're in the kitchen, you're focused on what you're doing. You do need to focus a bit when you're using the chef's knives. Uh, <laughs> but out in the other space, you know, you could relax and um, take in what was there. It was, yeah, amazing.
4: An anointed food right it yes <laughs> yes thanks Beck.
7: um well my journey to fire camp started uh very casually at a lunch with um a lady who works at the school actually um Tanya and she was all very excited about this camp and she she is a very passionate evangelist and she's taught me a lot um and so I'm like yes this is something that Tanya should do like I'm just in a thinking as she's talking to me and she's like are you gonna apply are you gonna do it I'm like "Oh no 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 I I, I think you, you know I can see this this is I don't I like I'm thinking how would I get there how would I pay for it I don't know if God's anointing me with the thing that he's you know and so I left it and then I kept getting messages and then I kept seeing things on Facebook and then I had someone reach out to me hey I went on this fire camp and I just feel like you should this would be really good for you I'm like I'm praying about it, like I was just, and eventually it was the day after my birthday, um, God said to me, um, do you want to go? And and that really threw me, I was like, I, I don't know, do I want to go? And then I said the same thing, I'm like, well it's for evangelists, Lord, like I know we're all called to evangelism, but I don't know if, you know, I'm called to the nations, like the, I just heard him say to me, because I said they're going to choose those people, and I remember God clearly saying to me, "No, I choose who goes. <laughs> I'm the one that chooses. Stop thinking this narrow minded way, and so just in faith, I made an application and um didn't hear anything for ages, so I just assumed I didn't get a place and because Tim had said oh they' they're filled up they're really they're you know they're almost filled all their places, and it wasn't until the week before, less than a week before it started actually, that um, my um, friend's daughter, they went away to Adelaide I think it was or another state, they ran into this guy called Ian who kept talking about fire camp in Bendigo and invited in another state, in another state, um, inviting um, Joanna, her name is, to go think about going to fire camp. Um, And so um, there, Joanna's mum is a beautiful woman of God. She is a sort of person that if I sort of want to do any something, I'm about to give up, she'll give me a a boot up. (laughs) And she's like, yeah, encouraging me to go. And and, um, so she calls me or messages me saying, hey, we haven't heard anything. Have you heard anything? I've just messaged Ian because they had connection with him. Um, You know, he's going to sort it out for you blah, 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 if you give me your details, and so by 11.43 p.m., mind you, I had just told my son that we might be going, and I said, oh, it'll be a miracle if we go, I get an email saying that we're going, and so, and the next day, I, I was like, okay, God, if you want me to go, you need, I need provision for my children, I need financial provision, I cannot go, but I'm believing in faith, multiple people, multiple avenues, in less than 24 hours, I had not only enough to go, but enough so I could buy things to help my children settle in, like activities and things. And it was just... And then the the Andrew, the guy who organised it, calls me personally that evening out of nowhere and I was able to tell him about my children and he was able to share with me what it w- was going to be like. So God, like every worry that I had, he just... Um, so that was just getting there. But the reason why I shared that is because that was miraculous because... The leaders didn't actually know that Joanna was not yet 18. And so um, Joanna's mum said, I feel like we're meant to help you go and that's why we're going, which I didn't necessarily know. if I've, Joanna was definitely meant to be there. But it turned out that the only way Joanna was able to stay is because I was there to sign her guardianship forms. And so they helped me get there and I, being, being there, helped her to stay f- throughout the camp. And so before I pass on the mic, I'll just quickly share what the impact it had on me is that um, I saw things that I'd seen God move in power before, but it was the hunger of the people there that humbled me immensely. And it made me realise that actually I don't know half as much as I think I do. And I have more stuff that God needs to do in me way more than I I realize, and I can't tell you how many times I ended up on the floor because God was moving in me, delivering me from things and I have been delivered from a lot of mess because I've had a lot of mess (laughs) and and things that he healed in my heart that I thought would never, I mean I was very, I felt very hopeless about and um, there was a couple of evangelism stories that I'll share is that the first day, I, when you're in your hometown, it's a bit different, and Tanya will will agree with this. Is that not only are you going through the deep end, but you're in a special, um, a special kind of reserved deep end that that goes a bit deeper in, you know, people getting angry at you and people, you know, recognizing people. But it was so good because it really highlighted to me how God said to me one day. He said, Rebecca if you are feeling rejected, if you're feeling hurt, it's because you're just not dead yet. You're just not fully dead. And that was one of the messages they sent to us on camp is that to be able to go out, we actually need to be dead to this world. And I think that's what I really got from the camp is that there's so much in our church life and our school life and our home life that is just temporary. It's just temporary. And actually to preach the gospel to someone you know, sometimes you might think, oh, that's offensive. You're, you're going to upset them and you're being too pushy. But no, they're going to hell unless they repent. And that is the truth. And that's what the people, that's what they really highlight at this camp is that there is an urgency and we must, we must do everything that God's asked of us in this life. And so, and yeah, I'll pass it on.
8: <laughs> so encouraging, Beck. Oh
7: um yeah so
8: my journey was uh I was I saw this camp I thought that would be amazing but no that's too scary that's not for me and um and then it kept coming up and I was like okay yeah I I think I am supposed to actually apply for this and then I got the and I'm filling out the form and it's saying do you see yourself as a mass evangelist do you see and I'm just like no no. do you? When do you evangelise? Hardly ever. Like, I'm like, I'm not even going to get into this camp. Um, and then I got the email to say you got in and my response, oh, no. <laughs> I've actually got to follow through with this now. Oh, thank you, Lord. I followed through. <laughs> he... Oh... He splits you open in the best possible way so that you can, you, the stuff in you can pour out so the stuff in him can pour in and he brings you into a place of a deeper revelation of being a son and a daughter because that's what it's all about. From that place, you just want to reach the people because you want them to know how amazing our Papa is. You want them to know that they don't have to walk in fear and condemnation and shame and guilt and bitterness. And it just comes from that place. So we get this opportunity to meet with all these people who are so on fire for God, who are so hungry for Him. We're in this atmosphere, in this environment that you can't help. But even if you didn't do anything, just being in that place does something to you. So that was just such a privilege. It was hard. (laughs) I remember the first practice we had on the Monday before we were going out on the Tuesday. We got we, and everything was so quick, it was so intense. It's like we were told this story and all of a sudden we've got to memorise this story and we've got to preach this story and it's like, what? Okay. <laughs> so anyway, that Monday we're about to, we're, we've split up into our fire group camps and we've gone off into different sections of the bush to have a practice and everyone's doing their thing. And I'm, the whole time I'm like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to like there's not even people around to judge me. They're, they're people who love and support, but I am just like, I do not want to do this." And I'm on the verge of tears, so it's my turn, and I'm standing on the side going, oh God. You know, And then by his grace, there's this ant situation that happens, and they're all talking about these ants that are climbing on them, and I get this chance to just go, "Okay Lord, help me, help me help me." And then I turn around. And he he shows up and it's not me. And I'm just seeing. And I I wasn't perfect. (laughs) I started and I'm like, oh, I've messed up the story. Oh, got to start again. (laughs) But, But before I started again, he gave me this picture. And it was like the reality of what's out there. And around each of these people that were there to support me and love me, and they were amazing, it wasn't about them at all, but it was just God showing me people out out in the world. There was this claw around them and it was holding them. And it was like, no, no, you're not holding these people. No, they're going to know the truth. This isn't happening. And so it came from that place. And when I finished, I just sunk down onto the ground and started crying. Cause I went, that's not me. That wasn't me. And then one of them comes and goes. What, why are you crying? I'm like, because that's not me. Like i just like, so breakthrough. You know, being in a place where God can stretch you and and break you in the best way. And then the second thing. So that was the Monday. And then the Tuesday, we get our our areas where we're going to minister. And my area was Kennington Village, Strathdale, where I do my shopping, where I do my banking, where I'm there almost every day. And I'm going, Lord, this is not funny. <laughs> of all the places, no, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I'm like, oh, the battle again. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay. Again, I was, on, I, was, I was crying. I'm like, I don't want to do this. And they got around me and prayed for me. And I'm like, I have to do this first, otherwise I'm not going to do it. <laughs> But again, I just got up there and it was like, it doesn't matter. These people need to know this truth. And there was just this confidence that was from him. And I'm not saying, you know, now I've got it all together and I'm just like, I still struggle. And it's like, oh, Lord, I'm I, I'm grateful that we've now got a fire team that's happening in Bendigo that I can keep training and keep breaking ground because I need it. I'm not like, oh, this is all magical wow but but the breakthrough that I needed to actually step out he gave and um yeah so grateful so amazing
9: hi everyone I'm Mandy um so I'm from the Gold Coast and I was just down here for the for the week um and during the week um um mm, God just moved so powerfully in not only demonstrations um, of healings and deliverances and salvations, but there was such an overwhelming presence of God's love, the love of the Father. And I just wanted to remind everybody that that's what gets results, the love of the Father, we just need to reciprocate that love, and just pour out into people's lives, because people are so broken, and people are so hungry for God, and they need us, so I'm just, I suppose, encouraging, I feel it, yeah, just to encourage, just to yeah, of what I've learned, I've got that revelation of God's love and just to reciprocate that love out into people when, you know, when we're doing our shopping and when we're going to pay our bills and, and yeah, um, yeah, God's, God's just so good and, and, yeah, He has. He's just broken us in the most beautiful way but it's for His, for his glory, you know, so He can fill us with Him and, and, and just use us because, um, yeah, people need us so badly. Yeah, Thanks. Thanks.
3: So um, I've got a couple of the spiritual testimonies that I've heard filtered back um, to encourage you guys. Just some numbers initially. Over 150 people received Jesus this week on our streets in Bendigo. That's either on Tuesday or Thursday. People ministering either one-on-one to them. ...and giving them a gospel message or at the library gardens on Thursday night... ...where they had a worship meeting and people responding there. So that's sensational. Yeah. Over a thousand people had seeds sown and have heard some kind of gospel message in this last week. Most of those people would have had an invitation for our team to pray for them for something. Yeah. So they've, they've actually interacted rather than just stood there and heard something from afar. These are one-on-one conversations with people in our city that have heard about Jesus, some of them, probably a lot of them for the first time, which is remarkable. And that's a 1,000 people, some of whom today are sitting at home going, what was that all about? And just thinking. There were countless miracles. Um, one, <laughs> one steps out, which I think is hilarious. So some of you may know Kathy, who house sits our house sometimes and house sits some of your houses. Kathy blessed the kids and I with looking after our house for three weeks just recently so we could have a holiday, we could prepare for camp. She had the kids so that I could go and do all the shopping and, um, and she was there for the whole of camp. And she rings me and she says, Mal, my friend who's not a Christian ended up at the library gardens on the, the Thursday night and was listening to this message. And, um, and Kathy goes, I have spoken to this person about God for a long time and this person was not receptive, doesn't want to know about it, don't talk to me about it, don't, doesn't want anything to do with it. God miraculously healed her to the point where she was walking without a walking frame. (laughs) And someone else was able to go up to her and say that was the power of God. Do you need to receive Jesus? And this person gets radically saved. Yeah? So seed sown over a long time from other people that were reaped this week. But similarly, there's a lot of seed that's gone into the ground this week that's still to be reaped. The other other couple of quick testimonies I heard came back that were just, um, I think, really significant for our city. A team went to um, the skate park at Eagle Hawk. Now, there's local churches that have been ministering at the skate park for a while, making sausages... No strings attached, just feeding the kids out there and being around to chat with them. A team went to the skate park, and the person who led it came to me and he said, It was like heaven opened over that place. Fifteen young people got saved in one morning at the skate park at Eagle Hawk. Some of them had been mocking them at the start, right? They all got saved. At the same time, we'd sat down the night before and talked about strategically where do people go. I don't know if you guys remember, but Tuesday was 36 degrees. And I said to them, a team needs to go to Caruso. Everyone will be swimming. So they sent a team to Caruso. There's a whole bunch of kids there who start giving them grief. And then within minutes, these kids are saved and asking to be baptised so they baptised them then and their leaders from Sydney who were not prepared to get wet that day were in Caruso in jeans and T-shirts baptising these kids which is just incredible that there would be such a move that these kids would understand that what, what the decisions they've made but then act on it straight away. And so... um The logistics behind the scenes, all of these guys get followed up. We have details for all of these people, and they will go through the local church system and be planted in churches in our city, which is remarkable.
2: Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. There's a lot of seed being sown in our city. And the practicalities of it is that are that that there's a lot of baby Christians now. Now a little baby in the natural does not survive if they're just left. They need to be cared for, they need to be nurtured, they need to be fed. They can't do anything for themselves. <laughs> Now, spiritually, a newborn Christian needs to be cared for, loved, brought along. So the the, the, the practicalities of, of this is, as, as Mel said, there's 153, 154 um, decisions. That was the ones that gave their details. And um, right now there's... Um, a process um, happening where um, the churches that were involved um, in supporting the fire camp um, uh, these decision cards have gone have uh, been gone through um, We as individual communities have have suggested the people that may be in our community who could be um, responsible or or able to um uh, disciple to mentor to 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 be that contact um so we've given um, some names and so what's going to come back to us is um is some names of some 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 people who have made these decisions and and this is the reality of of what's going to happen when god starts to really um, move when the seeds that have been planted in this city um, are, are, are brought to fruition. Yeah, you know, those thousand people that that have had the gospel message preached to them. Um, you know, there might be seeds sitting in their hearts, and it might be the next time that they think, "Oh, yeah, okay, now's the time." There's going to be a harvest. There's going to be a huge harvest in this city. There is not going to be enough churches in this city to accommodate what's coming. (laughs) So the people sitting in the churches, it's not a matter of sitting, you know, warming up a a patch for so long on a Sunday. It's being available to actually be a person that would say, yeah, I want to take one of these babies (laughs) and I want to make sure... That they grow because <laughs> the reality is sometimes people make a decision and because of the lack of support they're babies they're babies and you know sometimes they they just step back and say what was all that about can't let it happen <laughs> cannot let that happen so we've got some thoughts um, as to to who might be able to to do that but if you're thinking this morning hey yeah i reckon i could actually be a contact i actually i actually god has done something in my life that i can i can share and give and uh to somebody else and it might be as it just to be that contact to be that that person to encourage to be that person to to make sure that um that that these people are on track and yeah Yeah. stuff coming we're going to be busy we're going to be busy we're going to be busy this is this is the the first step this is the first bit of of a wave (laughs) we're just going to pinch ourselves and think wow (laughs) What is happening here? God. God is happening. (laughs) Jesus came to save the world. (laughs) The world is going to come to salvation through him. Does that mean everybody? No, unfortunately not. But boy, let's make it a big chunk. Hallelujah. 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 We're gonna have communion. Now, so if you um, don't have your little cup there are cups either on the table or on the bench up the back on the sound desk there. Hallelujah.
10: So we're we going home this morning encouraged. Studying. <laughs> well, we know you are, Corey. That's great. <laughs> but it needs to spread for all of us, doesn't it? You see Corey, and he's always got a smile on his face. He knows what God's done in his life. And, um, and I, um, I, I'm personally, I, I got a glimpse this morning. You know, there's part of me. Thinking, you know, I, I never like to be one that misses out. <laughs> but um, I'm not going to miss out because I'm going to be part of all of this at what God's going to do. And uh, and I've always said to the Lord, you know, um, I've walked with you for a long time. Wouldn't it be awful if you, you got this far and then you just missed the end bit? That'd be awful. That'd be awful, awful. And I just keep saying to the Lord, just keep holding on to me <laughs> so that that doesn't happen. Keep me hungry. And, um, and I, so we're taking communion this morning, and I, in, in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 11, it says, Jesus said, Do this in remembrance of me. So we know that he did it, he took the bread and he said, do this in remembrance of me. And then he took the, the um, cup and he said, do this in remembrance of me. And so I think uh, Christians all over the world um, meet and do this in remembrance, which is good. <laughs> but we're not just remembering something that happened 2,000 over 2,000 years ago. I think this should be not a remembrance service, but it should also be, uh, it's not a memorial service, but it should be a thanksgiving service. And so, I, um, if I can read Isaiah 53 verse 5, you'd all be able to, many of you be able to quote this, but I want to read it this morning. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities; the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. And uh, in the NIV, actually, says the punishment that brought us that brought us peace was upon him, because I I'm always. I don't know, it's just the words, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. I wasn't quite sure what that meant. But when I read it in the NIV, it says the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. So he took all of that on him. And the blood that flowed then is as fresh today to cleanse us from all our sins and to heal all our diseases than it was when when he rose from the dead. The power is the same. And so that's why it can't just be a memorial. It has to be a thanksgiving because we're living in it. And this is why we do it every week because we we need to be living in it. We need to be reminding ourselves and being thankful for what Jesus did so that it becomes reality to us. So we've got individual things that we thank Jesus for, but the first thing that we thank him for is washing our sins away, that we can stand before him boldly in the throne room, totally clean. Is that... (laughs) I mean, that's the message, isn't it? That was the message this week the people were going out and saying that's it that's it we can now god and uh, god the father made a way by sending his son and jesus made a way by putting his hand up and saying i'll go and he died on the cross he rose again after the third day but you know what (laughs) with all of that with taking our sins on the cross taking everything so that we can have peace, we can live in it, you know, and we can say to a person, you can have this, you can be set free. It was the rescue, you know, like the the world's in such a turmoil and people say, you know, there must be an answer, there must be an answer. There is an answer and there was a rescue mission organised before creation, this was organized before creation. Jesus put the Word of God put His hand up, and and so here we are, two thousand years later, and this is as fresh for us and for every person that we speak to. And um, I love that that picture of the the claw, the grip. You know, if we if we can see that when we're talking to people. That that's the only difference between them and us. This, this was us once. And now, God, Jesus took us out of the miry clay, set our feet upon the rock. We sang it this morning. And um, it's all because of this. So, can we stand? And can this be more than just a memorial today? Can this be more than just remembering, Thank you, thank you, Jesus, for doing this? But can we take this on as a reality? Um, it's it's actually substance, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know what your need is today. It it could be healing. This is substance for that, because of what Jesus did, and that blood is flowing. And and if you if you need a, a breakthrough, um, if you're not saved, if you don't, if you're in, if this grip still got a hold of you. Um this is this is the moment for you. This is the moment for you. And uh it's it's in what Jesus did. I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful that I can stand before God clean. And each one of us can stand before God clean. Not because of anything that we've done except we say yes, Jesus. But ...because of what he did. And uh, while we're taking... ...today we've had a prayer request... ...for Jenny Murphy's daughter... daughter Jen, ...Jerry is in hospital... And, um, ...and so she's asked for us to pray. So uh, this is a really good time for us to join together... ...and be believing... Um, ...for a breakthrough for Jerry. And uh, uh, yeah, total um, healing, restoration... And we know that, um, that Jesus has done it. It's, he's, he's bought and paid for all of that. And, he, and if you've got something specific this morning, you can just uh, bring it to, to the Lord um, as well. And we are going to see breakthroughs throughs all over the place like we've never seen it before, I believe. And uh, so, Lord, we just thank you for what you did.
3: We really thank you for what you did.
10: We thank you that you went to the cross and you took all our sins, and you were beaten, and you shed your blood. And it's the scripture says that it was the joy that was set before you, and we are we are your joy. And Lord, we thank you that you that you looked down all those thousands of years and saw us and did it for us and we thank you let's just um, partake of the uh, broken body the life is in the blood and we thank you lord that your blood is flowing strongly now and can wash us clean you know even if we've got some spots on our garments lord we just ask that uh, as we take this that you will wash us clean so that we can go boldly into your throne of grace and we just thank you for everything we thank you thank you thank you let's just drink And Lord, we bring Jerry to you, and we all stand together with um, Jenny, believing for her precious daughter, and we just thank you, Lord, for the healing healing power, and we thank you that, um, we just thank you, you're a healer, you're our healer. There's nothing about us that we can rely on, not one thing, but we do know that you are our healer. And we just uh, speak healing into Jerry's body right now. Total restoration, total healing, and all the glory goes to you. And Lord, for all those people standing here today who are believing for something specific in you, um, we just say yes and amen. All your promises are yes and amen, and so be it unto them. Thank you in Jesus' name.
4: Thank you, Rosemary. What a great uh, great message. Um, Yeah. And, you know, we stand in the the fact that God has set us free. He set us free. And all those people in Bendigo, they've been set free from something that was holding them. What an amazing thing. And, Lord, we just ask that those people um, that were spoken to, that you continue to soften their hearts and draw them closer to you. Um, so some things coming up in the next week, we're starting to get busy again after our holiday break, but I'll try and work away way through in order of things that are going to be happening. So straight after church today, we have our picnic in the park, so if you are free for lunch, grab some takeaway and head down to where the Rotunda is in the park, and um, we'd love to see you there, have a relax and enjoy some time together. Um, And we'll continue to do that while the uh, um, holidays are on. And then as we come into this week, we have our uh, new staff members for the college coming in tomorrow. So they'll have their orientation tomorrow and then all the other uh, previous staff will be back on on Tuesday, Wednesday and Friday because Thursday's a holiday of course. And then uh, next Sunday, we have invited all of the school staff to come to church here, enjoy the morning with us. We'll be praying for Gerhard and Celia, our principal and his wife, and um, the other staff next Sunday. So that'll be very exciting, Um, Yeah, just to bless them. Uh, Also, because we're coming up to the school uh, starting again, the students start on the 30th, Monday the 30th, Uh, we will start up our prayer meeting again, midweek prayer meeting. So, this Wednesday night, 7.30 right here. Uh, That will be great. Come along and join us. Everybody's welcome. Uh, And then as school gets started... um, there'll be some special things happening. Uh, we will start our coffee for this uh, for the teachers on Friday of this week and uh, Rhoda's going to whip up some of those vanilla slices for them so they'll be totally spoiled. You know she made enough vanilla slices for 100 people while we we're away um, and fudge and rocky road which we all enjoyed. So um, We'll get to bless the staff as they start up with that. And then after that, each week it rotates coffee for the teachers with breakfast for the students. So, if you'd like to help uh, in any of those capacities, uh, please see Mel or myself and we will get you organised for that. Um Now, our ladies and men's program is starting up again too. once school starts back, so the men will lead us off on the Thursday and then the following Tuesday will be the ladies. We'll give you more details about that. But any ladies who'd like to be part of that, we're going to be studying the book of James and you can uh, talk to Rosemary or myself about uh, ordering a book if you'd like one to follow along in with that. Youth is going to be starting up, so Mel's going to be looking after that. Uh, So if you're feeling any of these things that God's tugging on your heart and saying, "Mm, you know, you might be, as Tanya talked about God tugging and Beck talked about God tugging about doing things, you might be hearing God say, oh, I think mm, maybe you should be helping with that. So um, if that's you and God's speaking to you, um, Mel will be happy to hear with youth and uh, all those other things. Uh, and the last thing is that we had some things left over from camp, so we'd love to bless you people with it. So, out on the table in the foyer, there's some food there. You can help yourself to that. We don't want it to be wasted, um, but um, you can help yourselves and take that home and be blessed. Okay? Yes. One more thing from
3: Mel. Thanks, Mel. How good. So if you weren't at camp and you've sat through this morning and gone, bummer, I missed it. Should have been there. I believe that the people who went have the ability to impart to you what they've had in the last week. Because God sent specific people to that camp, but it's not about that place in those seven days. It's about what he's doing in our city and what he's going to do in this nation over the next 12 months and into the next few years so if you have a prayer need if you're there going I want what they have I'm flat and I'm dry and I need to be filled then come and get it because they're here now and they don't know <laughs> Sorry sorry for those who are about to come and minister but come up here because um, don't leave this place without it because he, he deliberately put specific people there. There was an application process that was quite difficult to get through so um, there, were, there were people that didn't make it to camp, um, not from our church but there were people that didn't make it there so God had the right people on site. And um, there is something significant happening in this town and it's now is not the time to sit back and watch it happen. Now the time to be involved in what God is doing. And so um, if you are that person who wants some prayer, then um, Sammy's a whiz up the back. She's going to get us some music. And uh, there will be some of us down here that are prepared to pray for you for whatever it looks like. And if you don't know the Lord and you've managed to get through that service and still don't know him, then um, come and chat to someone about that because eternity is a thing. And um, and I think sometimes we make the assumption that people that find themselves in church on a Sunday actually know him and are walking in a relationship with him and it's not always the case. Maybe you're just sitting in church because it's something you've done for your whole life. Maybe you're in church because someone brought you here. But there's a reason you're here this morning. And it's time to respond to his tugging on your heart. So if you're in the service and you need to head home or you need to go and get a coffee, you can do all of those things. We'll dismiss the service. But if you're in the service and you need someone to stand with you and pray with you and believe for something, believe for healing, then um, now's the time for you to come down and have a chat to someone.